TII item 345, April 28th, 2015. Apple Watch lightsaber ice pops. Welcome to Today in iPhone. Yeah, I like it a lot. Today in iPhone. Hey, Gullah! Oh, yeah. My beautiful iPhone, which I never have out of my hand and that I do everything with and has become an extension of who I am. Welcome to the show. I'm your host, Rob, and this is the Today in iOS podcast. First up, I want to thank Tony for sending in the music you hear in the background. Tony wrote, Hi, Rob. I made this soundtrack on GarageBand for my video, Vert Eyes. Check it out on my Tumblr page, tonernsf.tumblr.com. That's T-O-N-E-R-I-N-S-F.tumblr.com. Thanks, Tony P. in San Francisco. Well, thanks, Tony, for the music. And folks, I will put the full song at the end of the episode. I also want to thank Barry for sending in the artwork for today's show. Barry said the following. Hi, Rob. I made this pick of my Apple Watch, quote unquote, around that, using the stock camera with the instant filter and added text with Pixlr. Regards, Barry in Rural Hall, North Carolina. Barry, thanks for sending in this artwork. And folks, you can see Barry's artwork and his quote unquote Apple Watch in the free TI app via the bonus button for episode 345, or if you subscribe via iTunes on your computer as the album artwork, and also as a standalone post in the VIP section at facebook.com slash today in iOS. If you have some artwork and or music you have created on your iOS device that you would like to share with the audience, please email it to me at today and iOS at gmail.com. Please make sure to include which app or apps you use to create said artwork and or music. And once again, I'm down to just two songs in my queue. So if you have some music you've created on iOS device, please, please, please send it in. In this segment of How Wrong Were They? We have the following quote. Quote, why the iPad will be synonymous with failure. I'm the type of person who can rationalize just about any technology purchase. I'm the guy in line to buy the new gadget the day it goes on sale. There is no way to rationalize purchasing an iPad in its current form. The device makes zero sense. It reminds me of a MacBook of the MacBook Air, a device for people who have more money than brains. Unquote. Alex Valentin slash dev slash null, 28th of January 2010. Obviously, he proved with that statement who it was that was lacking brains. But ironically, it seems people talking about the Apple Watch leading up to the launch took his words and replaced iPad with Apple Watch more than just a couple of times. Seems Apple haters really like to hate new Apple products the most. Just saying. For promo codes on episode 344, we offered up chances to win promo codes for the app split check three words that is an app specifically for the apple watch uh, we'll be giving those out early this week for more info on this app go back and listen to the beginning of episode 344 for promo codes this week we have promo codes for the app personal tip calculator three words here is the written review from the dev hello my name is donovan and i'm the developer of mercy's personal tip calculator i've built mercy's to be fast whenever you need it, saving you from spending unnecessary time on your phone. With the quick venue, you can set the tip rate you use most to appear immediately at launch. And if you're indecisive, you can also set two additional ones that will be just a tap away. 
You can even save your local sales tax rate and Mercy's will automatically calculate the sales tax based on your subtotal. Oh, and did I mention Mercy's has Apple Watch support? Your venue-specific tip rates, sales tax rate, and other settings will all sync between Apple Watch and the iPhone. You can even theme both the Apple Watch and iPhone apps. It's only 99 cents, but I'm giving away 10 promo codes. Good luck. Well, thanks, Donovan, for your written review of your app, Mercy's personal tip calculator, and for sending in the promo codes to give away. Folks, if you would like a chance for a promo code for this app, send an email to todayinios at gmail.com and put personal in the subject line. We'll be giving those away later next week. As always, a quick reminder, if you're an app dev or an iBook author, email me if you want your app or iBook featured on the promo giveaway segment. We just need the five promo codes or more to give away. Simply email me at todayinios at gmail.com and please include a 60-second or less audio review of your app or iBook indicating that you are the dev or author. Also, when you send in the promo codes, please make sure to let me know when they expire. And let's get into the news. Apple had their quarterly conference call. They call it their March quarter or Q2. I call it their Q1 2015 quarter to keep down or increase confusion depending on who you are. But last quarter, January to March, Apple reported record revenue of $58 billion for the quarter versus $45.6 billion in the year-ago quarter. Total cash is now up to $193.5 billion, up $15.6 billion for the quarter. During the quarter, they generated $19.1 billion in cash flow and returned $9.6 billion via dividends and share buybacks. They reported $13.6 billion in profit for the quarter. In after-hours trading, Apple was up almost $2 to a record high of over $134 a share. Will be interesting to see where that goes in regular trading this week. Before we get into the how for Apple and how they got these record numbers, let's first look at how the analysts predicted sales and numbers were going to go for last quarter. First up is the biggie, the iPhone. And the analysts predicted an average of 56.8 million units sold with a high guess of 64 million from Felzal Kara of the Brayburn Group and a low of 50 million from Walter Pichek of BTIG. And from the actual numbers, it was 61.2 million iPhones sold last quarter. Closest to the whole was Robert Paul Leto from the Brayburn Group, with a prediction of 61 million. So you missed by 200,000. Good going there, Robert Paul. ASPs for the iPhone last quarter were $659. That was up from $596 in the year-ago quarter. Overall, the iPhone sales numbers and ASPs were a solid home run for Apple. For the iPad sales, well, first, let's look at the predictions. The analysts had an average estimate of about 14.1 million units sold in the quarter, with a few predicting 12 million on the low side, and Alex Cabot predicting 16.35 million on the high side, and the actual number was 12.6 million, well below the average, and closest to the whole was Kirk Burgess from the Brayburn Group with a guess of 12.5 million units. If you look at the post that I put up at todayinios.com for the quarterly call, you'll see a chart that's at the top, and that's one I highlighted. 
It's also in the bonus section of this episode, episode 345, in the TI app. And the PDF bonus um, is in is in the last slide of that PDF bonus. This slide to me is very telling. It is the cumulative trailing four quarter sales for the iPhone and iPad going back to the initial launches starting at Q4 actually. Uh, there had been a time when Apple was touting that iPad sales were above that of the iPhone in the same period of time. But now when you look at the trends in that chart, you can see clearly why the iPhone is such a big, big, big part of Apple's financials. And the iPad sales, well, essentially they stopped growing about two years ago and are now actually showing a decline. While iPhone sales have continued to keep on keeping on and getting better and better each quarter. I think this plays back to the much longer life cycle of the iPad. I mean, my kids are still using their five-year-old iPad every day I let them. Anyway, make sure if you have the TI app to look at the charts in the PDF in the bonus items for this episode 345. There is also charts for quarterly sales back to the launch for both the iPhone and iPad from different angles showing just individual quarterly sales and then all-time sales. So it's uh, just a nice trend line. I try to update that every quarter. For the conference call, other interesting tidbits, Apple sold 4.6 million Macs last quarter, up from 4.1 million in the year-ago quarter. Apple is upping their capital return plan to $200 billion, most of that in stock buyback. But they are upping their dividend from $0.47 cents per share to $0.52 cents per share. The next payout will be May 14th for those holding Apple stock on May 11th. Best Buy will start supporting Apple Pay in their stores later this year. Per the Apple Watch, nothing was said uh, specific or even hinted at for actual numbers that were sold or pre-sold, per which at least one analyst uh, on the call was a little bit concerned about Tim not talking enough overly optimistic um, or having enough overly optimistic terms, as he put it, when talking about sales uh, to ask, hey, Tim, is everything okay? (laughs) Tim said he could not be happier with sales, which really means he didn't answer. Uh, That demand was greater than supply, but that they were able to get more supply than initially thought and have been pulling in ship dates for many. More on that later in the show. Tim said by late June, Apple should be in a position to add more countries to where the Apple Watch will be on sale. And right now, there are over 3,500 apps for the Apple Watch available for you to download. One last note from Tim was about there only being about 20% of the installed iPhone user base right now on the iPhone 6 or 6 Plus, which he said means there is a lot of room yet for iPhone sales and that we've had a lot more switchers signing up, or Apple's had a lot more switchers signing up with the iPhone 6 and 6 Plus than that they've seen in past. That's why the installed user base, it's a smaller number. Overall, the news was very positive, or at least uh, the important iPhone news was. And as I mentioned earlier, in after hours trading, Apple stock price was up, which does not happen after most quarterly calls. Now let's get into, oh, I don't know, let's see. Oh yeah, the Apple Watch. Into the email bag we go. Hi Rob, I just received my Apple Watch with the Milanese Loop Band. 
I asked the UPS driver if he was delivering a lot of these packages. He said a lot of them. Seems like every other house. This is in the New Jersey Shore area. Regards, James. So did I get my Apple Watch? Was I one of those every other houses? Well, for those with the TII app, you may have seen the push notice that came out about my unboxing video, which is only available in the TI app. Uh, it gives you a nice look at what the Apple Watch sports box and package looks like. So yes, yes, I did get my Apple Watch. And here is what I have learned experience with my Apple Watch the last few days. First up, the issue of battery life, way, way, way overblown leading up to this launch. I made sure on Saturday morning it, I had it fully charged. I then waited until it went down to about 10% of the charge, that, and that was Sunday at 7.30 p.m. I went 32 hours plus from full charge to 10%. In that time, I had four hours and nine minutes of usage. I was doing a whole bunch with it, phone calls, shooting pics, and watching video from my camera on the iPhone, checking Twitter, checking emails, purchased items from Walgreens, and more. Per getting it from 10% to 100% charge, that took two hours and five minutes, and then I left it on charger for another hour plus. So to just make sure, again, it was fully charged, as of this recording, which is 26 hours since the last full charge, I am at 27% charge, and I had 3 hours and 52 minutes of usage during that time. So, again, 26 hours, the rest of the time was standby, 3 hours, 52, so basically 4 hours of usage, and 22 hours of standby, and 27% charge still left on it. Granted, these battery life numbers pale in comparison to the Pebble, but they are not as bad as many in tech press made it seem leading up to the launch. I find battery life more than acceptable, as even Jack Bauer would be able to make it a whole season on a single charge. But I would highly suggest you get a charging dock for your nightstand. There is something else I should clear up from the last episode. The blue band really... It's not as ugly in person as it kind of looked in the photos. Photos made it look much, much more neon blue. It seems uh, to be dialed back a little bit. So I actually kind of like the look of it now. But yes, I am still going to change that band as soon as I can. And more on why in a bit. Per the bands, last episode I said it looks as if you get one and a half bands. And if you saw the unboxing video, that clearly is the case. You get the main band with the clasp, and then two bands with the adjustment holes, a small medium one and a large extra large one. The large extra large one is what is on the Apple Watch when you receive it. For the Apple Watch Sport Band, that is without a doubt the most frustrating band to work with and get fastened. If you saw my video, <laughs> you saw me having troubles trying to get that thing connected. Uh, will I be changing it out? As I said, heck yeah. But not just because it's tough to get fastened, but also because of a reason some in the TII, some in the TII Google Plus community already know about. It is not as secure as you need. Ken in the Google Plus community reached into his pocket, and that action undid the clasp, and his watch fell to the tile floor and shattered 
not cracked, shattered, not even two days old. Ken, my sympathies go out to you. I did ask him if he had clasped as Apple recommends and tucked it under, and he said yes, but he only had two holes left, so not much of the band was tucked under like they suggest. FYI, if you are using the sports band, you must tuck the band under. You must do this. If you don't, it will fall off your wrist rather easily uh, and may fall off even if you do it. If you uh, were thinking the large extra large band was just a little bit too big, I would recommend using it versus a small medium band at the last hole. The more you can tuck under, the better. And really, as soon as you can get away from that band, I think that's better as well. So maybe the blue was not as bad looking as I thought, but the band functionality, it's frustrating at best and dangerous at worst. But outside of the band, my experience with it has been very good for the most part. Now, some things uh, were not 100% intuitive, like setting up Apple Pay, which I already had set up on my iPhone 6 Plus. I figured I would just pair the devices, and now Apple Pay is paired as well. And, well, I figured wrong. I actually had to go into the Apple Watch app on my iPhone and go to my watch and then select Passbook and Apple Pay and then select Add Credit or debit card, and then rescan in my credit card. There was some info I had to then clean up and then submit. Then it was live right away. No need to jump back through all the hoops I did, like on the initial setup of Apple Pay. Again, because I used the card that I was already assigned to Apple Pay. But you do need to rescan your card. Also, when using Apple Watch to pay, you need to launch the Passbook Apple Pay app and then click on the side button twice to get it ready to pay. It's not like with your phone where there is no prep work needed. You just lay it on the scanner and put your thumb on the scanner and boom, you're done. With Apple Pay on the Apple Watch, you need to launch the Passbook app and double tap on the side button. Note, the side button is the one that is not the digital crown. Uh, just make sure just to make sure we're all on the same page here. There's only two buttons. One is the side button, the other is a digital crown. Yes, uh, I have paid with my Apple Watch, but chances are in the future, most of my Apple payments, as in like 99% of them, are going to be with my iPhone. Obviously, if you don't have a 6 or 6 Plus, then there is no choice for you but to use the Apple Watch. But for those with the 6 or 6 Plus, I think you'll find iPhone is just easier and quicker to pay with. Note, for obvious reasons, you must have the passcode enabled on your Apple Watch if you want to use Apple Pay. You only have to type in the passcode one time per wearing session. In other words, once you put it on, um, you enter the, the passcode. But once you remove your Apple Watch, the next time you put it back on your wrist, you must re-enter the passcode. Having the passcode active on your Apple Watch is not as bad as on your iPhone where every time you have to, it's unlocked, you have to re-enter it or if, if you don't have the thumbprint scanner. It's just the first time after you put on your Apple Watch that you have to enter that passcode. And as long as it remains on your wrist and until you take it off, that passcode stays in place. Initially, I did not have the passcode turned on, but then when I went to add Apple Pay, it forced it and uh, I have not minded it. 
If you want to customize your primary watch face, um, force touch on the time, and you can then either switch watch faces or customize primary one. I set mine up with the battery percentage in the upper left, temp in the lower left, Apple stock in the middle, date in the lower right, time in the upper right, and left to center as the calendar item. For me, at least, that gives me the best snapshot that I'm looking for most of the time. One thing I'm trying to get used to versus the Pebble, uh, with the Pebble, you shook your wrist to activate the light. To activate the watch face on the Apple Watch, you have to either tap it or raise it your wrist towards your face. And it does turn off the screen really quick. Uh, one issue I found in setting it up um, to get phone calls they were not coming through. This seems to be because I had Wi-Fi calling feature turned on. Once I turned it off, then I could get calls on my Apple Watch. So if you have T-Mobile and now Sprint and have Wi-Fi calling enabled, turn it off if you are having issues getting your calls to show up on your Apple Watch. Also make sure in the settings for your Apple Watch under sounds and haptic, turn off mute. I think that was set by default as on. Now, when my iPhone is in one room and I get a call, I can hear that a call is coming in via my Apple Watch, and I can answer that call on the Apple Watch itself. Of course, that is the bad news as well, because you can't answer it on your earbuds if your phone, say, is in your pocket via the Apple Watch, like I can do with my Pebble. So right now... What I've been used to, at least in the past, is I would have my Apple Watch in my pocket and I'm driving in the car and I have my earbuds in my ear and a call would come in and I'd look down at my Pebble Watch and I'd see who's calling and I'd just tap either accept or ignore and I could talk to them through my earbuds. That is no longer the case with the Apple Watch. Now it, I can answer it on the Apple Watch, but I can't answer it on the phone via the Apple Watch. Um, this was a concern I mentioned on the last show and is one Apple really needs to fix in a future update, uh, give me a choice. Answer on phone, answer on Apple Watch, ignore. Those should be the three choices you see. Uh, I should also mention uh, the box the Apple Watch Sport comes in is quite a bit different than the one the Apple Watch, you know, the stainless steel one comes in. Uh, the sports box is long, uh, like I bigger rectangular version of a Toblerone bar. It's the best way to explain it. One of those big Toblerone bars, well, this is even a bigger version, but rectangle rather than triangle. Uh, when the UPS driver handed it to me, I actually asked him if he has anything else for me. I, I didn't think it was the Apple Watch. My wife actually thought it was like a, someone sent me a tripod. Um, as you can see in my video, when I it, for the unboxing, when I open it, I say, oh, it is the Apple Watch. Uh, and my six-year-old son made a pretty cool discovery. If you look at the case, when it's empty uh, with the side where the Apple Watch goes, it looks like a lightsaber. So if you fill it with water and freeze it, you can make little lightsaber pops. Sorry, uh, regular Apple Watch and Apple Watch Edition folks. That is something you can't do with your box. I have um, the reminder left on to bug me uh, or poke me when I have been sitting for an hour. That's something that the Apple Watch does. The logic here is it, you need to get up and move around to help your health. 
However, I don't think I'm abiding by the spirit of this feature. Each time it pings me to get up, I go and get a couple of cookies or candy or something else from the pantry. So yeah, might need to turn that one off pretty soon because uh, it's not helping my health side. What I would like to do is put together a top tips PDF for the TI app with regards to Apple Watch. Let me know what your favorite tips are. It can be with regards to some third-party app or something native to the Apple Watch software. Please email those to me at todayinios at gmail.com and put Apple Watch tip in the title. I'll curate those items together and we'll get a PDF into the TI app covering the Apple Watch. So here's one thing I did, a little tip that I did with my Apple Watch and my iPhone this weekend. My wife needed me to change out a light fixture in the hallway. I took my iPhone, I leaned it up against the wall, pointed the camera at the light, then I went to my Apple Watch and I turned on the camera, and then I could see right on my Apple Watch video of that light. I then walked down to my circuit breaker box, and I flipped the switches that I thought would turn off the light. When I came to the right switch, I saw the light go off. Boom. I knew right there that the lights were off and I didn't have to yell up to my wife, is that the one? Is that the one? And I have to wait to hear from her and then she not paying attention to see the light go out and didn't say anything. So if you've ever been frustrated trying to figure out which circuit breaker in your house turns off what, now you just put the camera pointed towards this, the light and then just wait for it to go out as you watch it on your Apple Watch. So that was a nice little trick or tip you can have with your Apple Watch. Obviously, you can also do the same thing with your Apple Watch and your camera as a baby monitor. So you can just sit your iPhone there and watch on your Apple Watch uh, as, as a little baby monitor or any other type of monitor or something you want to look at. No, no peeping toms, please. Here's a question I already had a couple people ask about seeing a big red explanation mark with apple.com slash help slash watch show up on their watch. If you see this, you need to force restart your Apple Watch. To do this, press and hold both the side button and the digital crown for at least 10 seconds until you see the Apple logo so that it is how you, you know, that's how you force restart your Apple Watch. Uh, if you get it stuck anywhere or if it just won't be reactive anymore. Speaking of pressing both buttons, if you do that quickly, i.e. press them real quick, uh, it takes a screenshot of your Apple Watch. So if you ever hear me mentioning, oh, take, I took a screenshot of my Apple Watch, that's how you do it. You just quickly tap both buttons at the same time. Hi, Rob. It's David from York in the UK here. Took delivery of my iWatch yesterday, and oh my God, have they surpassed all expectations. Um, of course, the watch itself is amazing, but uh, just the service that uh, I've gotten um, receiving it has been um, unbelievable, really. Um, I took. I got an email on the delivery morning saying it was going to be delivered between uh, 4.17 and 5.17 in the afternoon. Guess what? It arrived at 4.17. Um, and I also received an invitation to get uh, some tuition. So I picked a slot uh, for today, Saturday. I expected to join like a big webinar or something, maybe with hundreds of attendees. But no, I got 45 minutes of personal one-to-one -one tuition over the phone. Uh, with a video feed of the uh, watch of the guy on the other end um, on my Mac. So, oh my God, <laughs> I wasn't expecting that sort of service. It was amazing. So I picked up a few tips on the call. Uh, just thought I'd share it with uh, with you. So just trying to go through them as quickly as possible. Um, 
One that I liked was if you're on a really long scrolling screen, like a long email or a list of albums or something like that, just like on the iPhone, just tap on the top of the screen and it'll, it'll scroll all the way up to the top. Uh, another one is double press the digital crown if you want to just go back to the last app that you were in. Um, another tip is have a really good explorer of the Apple Watch app. I mean, I'd had a look through it and I thought I'd uh, got the gist of what's in there, but uh, the guy in the tuition um, call showed me loads of things that I hadn't spotted the first time, so have a real good look through there. There's uh, lots that you might have missed if first time round. Moving your apps around, of course you can use the watch app on your phone as well as doing it on the watch yourself, but to move it around, apps around on the watch itself, you press and hold just like you do on the iPhone to make them wiggle. But at first I thought it wasn't working for me, but um, if it's not working for you, the problem probably is you're probably touch, force-touching it rather than uh, lightly touching it. So to press and hold to make your apps wiggle, lightly press and hold, don't force-touch and hold. Another one is lightly press both buttons, so the digital crown and the button together, to take a screenshot of the watch, and uh, a screenshot will appear in your photo stream. And another is press and hold both buttons for 10 seconds if you want to do a hard reset. And the last little tip that I didn't realise until I had the call was uh, the red dot at the top um, means that there's a notification in there. So I'd, I'd seen the red dot, I just didn't uh, figure what it was, but it, it just means there's a notification. I learnt lots of things. Um, I was amazed to get 45 minutes of one-to-one tuition and, uh, oh my God, Apple has surpassed all expectations, both with the watch and the service. It's just been awesome. Cheers for the show as ever. Bye. David, thanks for the great feedback. and. Note, folks, about the personal instructions David received. That is available to anyone that purchases the Apple Watch or the Apple Watch Edition. That is not for the commoners that purchase the Apple Watch Sport. Sorry. Hello, Rob. This is Tony calling from Henderson, Nevada. I just wanted to call and voice my uh, flawless experience on my purchase of the Apple Watch. I was able to make my purchase early April 10th. I got in about uh, six minutes after the offering began. And uh, my original delivery date was April 24th through May 8th, like many others who ordered uh, real early on the, on the uh, initial offering date. I ordered the stainless steel with the Milanese band, and uh, it arrived on Friday, April 24th. When I unboxed mine, mine was in a square box. I did notice after watching your unboxing video, yours was in a rectangular box, so I'm assuming all the sports bands or sports watches came in a rectangular box. And the stainless steels are coming in a square box, so who knows what the uh, uh, gold, uh, the addition items are, uh, are shipped in. One of the differences with mine uh, that I noticed with yours is that you received an extra band for sizing, and I did not receive that. And uh, maybe that's because uh, the band that I have, the Melanese band, it's pretty much adjustable. Uh, you know, it's pretty easy because it's just magnetic and it fits anywhere uh, onto the uh, onto your wrist. And, uh, you know, speaking of the band, I was originally a little concerned that the magnetic clasp on it may not be strong enough and could easily snag on your clothing or something and come loose pretty easily. But uh, it does fit real snugly. And, uh, in fact, I did go into the store on April 10th. Uh, to try it on and play around with the uh, the watches uh, when they were um, made available for the public to examine. And uh, I was happy that uh, I did order the Melanese band because I'm real happy with it. It fits really snugly. When I unboxed mine, uh, I, the stainless steel, it's highly polished. It's a, it, you know, it looks like chrome. It's very shiny. looks very nice with the band. Uh, the crystal on it is the sapphire. It's, it's 
the clarity on it is, is super clear. Uh, the colors are brilliant. Uh, it just really shows nicely and it's well designed and laid out. Uh, Apple, again, I think just really knocked it out of the park. I've been playing around with the watch now for about 24 hours or so and uh, just real happy with uh, its performance. You know, I did receive an email from Apple uh, after my watch arrived uh, that stated that the Apple stores were offering uh, tips and tricks for the Apple Watch uh, by appointment only. So I made an appointment and went into the store. I did learn uh, a couple of things that I, that I didn't see in any of the videos or, or just from playing around with. And one is that from your iPhone, you can go to the Apple Watch app and under, I think it is all your apps where your apps are presented, you can actually press on the apps that you have loaded on your Apple Watch and you can scroll around and move the apps and reposition them any way you want. So that's something I didn't know until I went into the Apple Store. But overall, it was a great experience. I'm really happy uh, with my purchase. And so I guess uh, that's about it. And just wanted to share that information with you and your audience. Uh, but listening to your show for a long time, you do a great job. Keep up the, the, uh, the good work. And uh, thanks a lot, Rob. You have a good day. Tony, thanks for your feedback. Uh, back into the email bag we go. Hi, Rob. Hope all is well. Woke to pre-order. Watch on April 10th. Ordered the 42 millimeters steel with black buckle. No issue with the order and was back asleep five minutes thereafter. Was teased by, a bit by the ordering uh, an extra charger, and it was actually delivered on the 22nd. So that was kind of a huge tease. Uh, watch the actually was delivered on the 24th, so not so bad. I had read a few articles, so knew my plan. I read the material and the user guide, and I immediately upon setup really limited the apps and notifications. Uh, setup was super easy. I wanted to add apps as I got comfortable with what it could do. Worked great. Took half a day to get used to navigating. I chose to disable the raise to activate feature. Seemed to come on every time I raised my arm or was driving, when, even when not looking at the watch, and found tapping it when wanting to look at it uh, at the time was easy and saves on battery. As for the actual watch, I think it, like most from Apple, it's really well engineered. Perfect size and very comfortable. I am disappointed in some of the early media reviews. Think USA Today complained about passcodes, etc. Most reviews I read made it clear that they didn't read the guide or they had expectations that they'd not have to use the iPhone. This is an add-on to the phone and worth mentioning. It is a indulgence. Only complaint so far is software, but I'm sure that will evolve that's what the early adopters expect. The activity app doesn't allow posting to social media, from what I can tell, which helps when having accountability partners. Uh, I'd hate to use third party instead, but may need to, to resort to that. Maps and a few other apps uh, too long uh, take a long time to load, but that will improve over time, I'm sure. That's part of the journey of being first. I look forward to your show highlighting the new apps and features and functionalities of the watch. By the way, I'm a dedicated Harry's and Warby Parker customer. Huge fan of companies getting things right. Regards, Chris. Well, thanks, Chris, for that feedback. And I, too, have noticed some apps take a while to load. For some reason, Twitter, for me, seems to take really long to load. That one's 
the worst of all the ones I've noticed so far. Back to the email bag. Hi, Rob. I happen to like the blue band, and my watch arrived Friday. Setup was easy. I downloaded the free user guide from iBooks, which is very helpful. Friday night, I attended a basic watch class at the Apple Store. I'm feeling very comfortable with my watch. Regards, Janet. P.S. We just received our Casper mattress and used your promo code. We love it. Well, thanks, Janet, for that feedback, and thanks for supporting our sponsors. Hey, Rob. I just got my Apple Watch about nine hours ago. I got the 42 millimeter aluminum with blue sport band. I was surprised to hear you thought the blue sport band was the ugliest, as I thought it was the best looking, at least among the sports bands. I think the pink is the worst one, followed by green. Of all the bands, the brown leather ones are definitely the ugliest, in my opinion. I would have got the stainless uh, with the link bracelet, but didn't want to spend uh, the extra money. Even mine was already uh, 579 Australian. Anyway, I'm glad I got my watch on launch day as it was originally set for four to six weeks. Regards, Matt and Adelaide, Australia. One thing I have not done yet with my Apple Watch is shower with it or swim with it. Okay, well, that's hopefully two things, but both involve lots of water and the Apple Watch. I have not done this because, well, others have. And hey, no reason to because, again, others have and have video to show that. Actually, quite a few videos. Seems so far every video I have seen where Apple Watch meets water ends the same way, with Apple Watch still working. Apple does not promise it will work if you take it swimming or scuba diving but for showers and the occasional fall in the pool, or I mean, you should be fine. Again, this is for the Apple Watch Sport, which really is something you want a sport watch to be able to handle, a little bit of water. I have worked out with it. Um, I exercise today, and I am, uh, hey, double my exercise daily goal. So yay on that. But again, I'm not worried about the sweat affecting it. Whenever I used to work out with my pebble, I would definitely take my pebble off because I didn't want the sweat to ruin it. To no one's surprise, I fixed it, got a hold of an Apple Watch, and ripped it apart. And really, from what I could see from the results, no, it is not designed to be upgraded in the future, but it is easy to replace the screen if it's dropped and shattered, and it is easy to replace the battery. The core processor, however, it is not possible at all to replace it. So the edition version is not going to be something you can upgrade on your own. But for that version, someone will figure out a way to upgrade it in the future. Maybe. The battery in the 38mm version is a 205mAh battery. As hard as I looked, I have not been able to find a teardown of the 42mm version uh, to find what the size of that battery is. We just know it's bigger. How much so? No idea. Hopefully, I'll find an answer for that before the next episode so I can let you know. One thing that was revealed in the teardowns is that there is a deactivated blood oxygen sensor. This was actually a rumor from the winter where Apple had to strip out some features with the sensors as they could not get them to calibrate and read correctly. Seems that rumor is true. Maybe in the future, Apple, via an update, will be able to figure it out and get you more functionality out of our Apple Watches. Linda is not technically sponsoring this episode, but there is a new course that came out last week called Code Clinic Swift with Simon Allardyce. 
If you are an iOS dev or wannabe, it is really worth checking out uh, along with other Swift courses that are over at lynda.com. But this one is nice in that they have a series of courses and they solve a similar problem using different languages. So if you already know one language, you can see how they do it in that language that you're most familiar with and then go and see how they did it in Swift. Just thought that was kind of a cool concept. Go to lynda.com slash T-I-I, that's L-Y-N-D-A dot com slash T-I-I, and you get a free 10-day trial to check out this video and over 3,000 others. Thanks, Linda, for sponsoring past episodes, and they're going to be back next month for future episodes as well. Hey, Rob, it's Kevin Crossman from Fremont, California. Regarding the change of the APIs for YouTube that results in the old native YouTube app not working anymore, There is a solution for your son and for anybody else who has those older devices. You can go to YouTube in Safari and use YouTube there. And if you want to have quick access to that on your home screen, you can always use the sharing button to create a desktop shortcut for YouTube. Go! Kevin, thanks for that feedback. I obviously had overlooked that, well, obvious answer. All right. Luke had an issue with holding the menu button to put his Apple TV to sleep. My understanding is you need to be on the main screen and then hold down the play pause button to put the device to sleep. Hopefully Luke can try this to see if he still has any problems putting the Apple TV to sleep. Regards, Reggie's. And then I heard back from Luke. He said, hi, Rob. Uh, Here's my Apple TV info. I did a restart, not a restore yet. Still unable to put to sleep by holding the menu button on the remote. Regards, Luke. And Luke, I was trying the menu button too, but uh, give it a try with the play pause button from the main screen and see if that works for you. Hi again, Rob. Just thought I'd give you my thoughts on the rumored iPhone 7C. I had an iPhone 4 and then upgraded to the 5 after my two-year contract expired. At that point, I planned to get every new iPhone as it came out, and I got the 5S when that came out, but was very disappointed that there wasn't a top-spec new iPhone available in the 4-inch size when the 6 and 6 Plus came out, as I like the smaller screen so I can use it one-handed. I decided just to keep the 5S and wait for the next model. I hope Apple brings out a 4-inch version of the 7, but why should it be plastic back lowered spec one just because I want the smaller screen? They should have one in all three sizes with the latest specs. Regards, Matthew F. in Adelaide, Australia. You know, Matthew, that's a good point because I know a lot of people that do like the smaller one-handed size and why should they be restricted to having the cheaper plastic uh, feel when they really want the smaller size and the nicer luxury feel of the metal and typical iPhone 6, 6 Plus feel. Hi, Rob. Got email notification this afternoon at 3 p.m. Pacific time that both our Apple Watches are on the way for Friday 424 delivery. This despite the fact that my 42-millimeter Apple Watch was not scheduled for delivery until the 13th of May to the 27th of May. Can't wait. Getting excited. Tony L. in San Francisco, and then Tony sent me a follow-up picture showing me that he received both. So yeah, there's a lot of people that were talking about May, mid-May, even June delivery dates that were pulled all the way into April 24th. 
Hi, Rob. This is Rob from Hebrew, Kentucky. I'm calling you from my new Apple Watch. I was hoping to be the first person, maybe, who's called you from their Apple Watch. I'm loving the thing. Um, I can't say anything bad about it yet. It's just hard to figure everything out um, when you're used to iOS, and, you know, there's a little bit of a learning curve there. Um, one thing I, I don't know how to do is uh, if, there's, if there's a way to to make it to where I don't have to delete messages on my phone and then on the watch, I haven't figured that out yet. So maybe if uh, you know or if a listener knows, you can touch base with that. So I don't have to delete messages twice. But, man, I love this thing. All right. Uh, I hope that you got your hands on one today. Thanks for your show. Rob, thanks for calling in from your Apple Watch and, yes, being the first one to do so. And the audio quality sounded very good. Uh, I've I've made some phone calls, but I never did even think about trying to even call in to the show to hear how the recording sounded. So uh, thanks for doing that. And uh Sounded good. And, and then if anyone out there has any ideas for Rob on deleting messages uh, only one time, not having to do it twice, let us know. 206-666-6364. That's 206-MOON-DOG. Or send an email to todayinios at gmail.com. We are now over 2,000 members in our Google Plus community and growing. Thanks to everyone that has joined and thanks for the great posts. One new post in the Google Plus community that went up since the last episode came out was from Ken a commodity. And I just killed your name. I'm sorry, Ken. Who said the following? Quote, the clasp on the sport watch is totally inadequate. I reached into my pants pocket to get my keys and the band caught on my belt on the way out and released the clasp and the watch fell and hit the tile floor. Unquote. As I mentioned earlier, um, uh, this was the one where it shattered, not broken but shattered and Ken put up a post in the community showing how badly it was shattered. I asked Ken if he had the extra part of the strap tucked in under like Apple recommends or was it flapping in the wind uh, and he said quote the tab of the strap was tucked in but it was on the second hole from the end that doesn't leave much to tuck unquote. He also contacted an Apple genius that said it would be $229 to fix a $349 Apple Watch. If he had purchased Apple Care, it would have been $49 uh, for the 38mm Apple Watch Sport for Apple Care Plus, and then there would have been a $69 service fee for a total of $118. I had some people ask about Squares Trade, and Square Trade, by the way, is also, um, let's see, it's $59 for their two-year plan for an Apple Watch, so it's $10 more there, and $75 per claim for a total of $134. So yeah, if you're looking for coverage, it seems this time around, Apple Care Plus is the better value than Square Trade. And since the last episode, there were also dozens and dozens of other new posts in the TII Google Plus community, which is an Android fanboys free zone and a spammer free zone. Yep, it is the most civil Google Plus community covering iOS. Folks, go to todayinios.com slash community to join in. And thanks to all 2,000 plus of you already in the community and contributing. And here's one more from the community. It's from Gary Adams, who said, quote, with the crack watch faces we've seen here, I was prompted to order a Spigen tough armor case to go over uh, my Apple Watch, and I purchased it over on Amazon. It should get me be to me before my watch does, which is currently slated for June delivery. I may remove the uh, screensaver film 
from the case. I mainly want the ridge and the rubber on the outer edges, unquote. Price for the Spigen Tough Armor case is basically $25 with shipping. Looks to be in stock on May 11th. Estimated delivery dates will be between May 14th and the 18th. I personally am going to be looking for at least a screen protector for mine. I had one on my uh, my Pebble, and which is pretty beat up, and I uh, yeah, I'm definitely gonna get one for my Apple Watch. Thanks to Michael for the heads up on this next one, which is kind of interesting. As you heard earlier, some listeners who were told May June delivery dates have already received their devices. And it looks like a few Apple stores now have some in stock for walk-up ordering. Originally, it looked like it was going to be June before any Apple stores had units for walk-up orders. Does this mean the supply is greater than expected or demand is lower than expected? I expect uh, the bears out there to quickly jump on this story and start talking about lower sales than projected. But again, Tim Cook in the conference call did say that they got extra supply, more supply, more inventory available than they originally thought. Um, but still, uh, demand is greater than supply. How much greater? We don't know. And what the numbers are, we don't know. You know, one thing was interesting, uh, given all the other um, smartwatches that are out there, the estimate was about 2 million, a little over 2 million have been sold to date. And Apple didn't talk about the Apple Watch being better than or greater than numbers than all the other smartwatches combined over the years. So I don't think they made it to the 2 million mark the first weekend. Uh, we may or may not find out in the future. Every now and then there comes the story and I'm just embarrassed for Apple and how they act. And I kind of joke when I go over those stories, it does not win me any friends in Cupertino and no likely invites any future events. And yep, this is one of those times. See, Apple rejected an app because it said it worked with the Pebble and even sent an email basically saying that. What is worse, uh, this rejection happened to an app that was supported the Pebble for two years. So this was actually a rejection to an update. Apple has since said, oh, that was a mistake. A mistake that they were called out or a mistake that they did it. Shame on you, Apple. Shame on you. I mean, I can understand the no mention of jailbreak thing, okay, but to reject an app because it supports a competitor's smartwatch, not acceptable. And I am glad that Apple was called out on this. Anyway, the app in question, uh, CNAV US, uh, has now been approved. And it does still have the mention of Pebble in there. It also supports the Apple Watch, which ironically seems to be why there was an update needed. So yes, the app dev added Apple Watch support uh, along with the Pebble support that he had for two years. And it was rejected for supporting Pebble. Nice. Again, Apple is saying this is a mistake. And judging by the reaction of many, yes, yes, it was a mistake. A mistake in policy that hopefully is now soundly dead or shuttled for a really long time. Sonny Dixon, who in the past has been able to get leaked mechanicals for future Apple products, is now showing off a leaked case for what basically he's claiming would likely be an iPad Pro. 
This looks to support a screen size anywhere between 12.2 and 12.9 inches. The potential for 12.9 inches matches up well with past iPad rumors. But those rumors also said an early spring or February launch, uh, which obviously did not happen. One difference with this case and the current iPad Air is that there are extra speakers with uh, stereo speakers four and all along the top and uh, two on the top and two on the bottom. So you get stereo surround in any orientation. It also looks from the photo that there's an extra port on the side, either for docking in both landscape and portrait mode, as has been rumored for a long time for iPads. It's even an early mock-up that had that. But now makes more sense for a pro version when you have a larger screen and you're going to want to dock it more often in landscape mode, uh, work with your keyboard and, and do a little bit more. Or one of those ports could be a USB-C port. But if I had to put my money on the two, I'm going to put my money on two lightning ports over one lightning port and one USB-C port. Something to remember for um, a future bingo card. This next story was brought to my attention from Greg G. And it's one of those tech hit pieces where, where basically they're just looking for a link bait. Um, okay, you win, bait taken. Actually, I really hate these articles, and this one is titled, Company Breaks Open Apple Watch to Discover What It Says is Planned Obsolescence. The article goes on to basically say this is something Apple has been accused of for a number of years. Poppycock, BS, what the frack? And are you kidding me? Folks, that's just plain bad journalism. No one in the smartphone industry supports their devices with new updates longer than Apple. No one. And the others really aren't even close. Some Android phones are released and on day one don't support the latest version of Android and are not going to be able to ever support it. Talk about planned obsolescence. Uh, Apple supports its devices with new updates longer than any of its peers, period. And yes, I know this is something that we've covered in the past and we've gone over those numbers and how big a difference it is. So um, too bad the writers at the... Uh, anyway, too bad the writers of this article didn't go back and listen to this show because they know how bad an article they wrote. Basically, this article is saying uh, because you can't change out the processor, it is planned to be obsolete. Just like you know, say, I don't know, the Tesla Model S, Model S sold last year is obsolete, even though it was sold at 125K last year, because it does not have the same hardware and sensors that the P85 does. Um, I mean, every technical product ever will be obsolete in some time. Apple, however, does a better job supporting their devices longer than others. Uh, and for this article, um, from the independent to say otherwise, out of the UK, so independent out of the UK, um, it's just plain bad journalism. But then this is not the first time the independent has released a bad article about Apple. They seem to have a thing or two against Apple, but maybe it's just link bait. Thanks all that's sending this next one, which is one of those times where Google gets to show its true colors. And this, of course, is the story about Google Maps, where there is a picture of an Android robot peeing on an, an Apple logo. Classy, Google. Really classy. This is why I keep the TAI community free of Android fanboys. Well, I guess when you look at the image, it might just be the Apple robot watering the Apple logo. Sometimes Google just makes it way too easy for me to slam them. 
Hey, Rob, this is John from Olympia, Washington. I uh, just wanted to call and let you know that I received my Apple Watch on Friday the 24th. Uh, I pre-ordered on April 10th around 12.01 in the morning, waited a long time to receive a shipping notice. My order said processing for about three days. Got a notification on Thursday that the watch was going to be delivered overnight, and I received it on the 24th. So far, I'm very impressed with the watch. has some great features, very nice style, uh, a lot smaller than I thought it would be. Uh, it's not bulky at all. In fact, people that have seen it have commented on how nice of a watch that it looks. Battery life so far has been great. I did have to charge it every night, but when I put it to bed, it still has about 40% battery left, and I've been using it quite a bit. Today was the first day of my work. It was able to track my steps and my calories. It reminded me to stand up when I needed to. The notifications have been wonderful. The apps so far have been okay. I think as developers get used to the format, the apps will become more relevant and useful. Overall, I don't feel the Apple Watch is just a nerdy accessory to your phone. I really believe within a year, people will be looking back and realizing that this is a vital, needed pairing to the iPhone. Love the show. Thanks again. John, thanks for that feedback. And to the email bag we go. Hi, Rob. Just listened to your latest episode and can't wait for the next one. For the guy whose FaceTime favorites had disappeared, I believe this happened to be since iOS 7. While you're reasoning about uh, the new contact mode in the app switcher is probably right. The favorites just got merged with the favorites in the iPhone app. Uh, before iOS 7, the phone favorites could only hold phone calls. Now they can use phone, FaceTime audio, and FaceTime video calls as well. In regards to the Apple Watch, I want one, but I really want to see it first before I shell out that much cash. I don't want to order the stainless steel model uh, which is the one I'm eyeing now, and have it be too heavy for my small wrist when it arrives. Really annoying not living near an Apple store. I'm hoping to see them right after graduation and also sec uh, secretly hoping for a graduation present. Hint, hint. Um, since I'm doing a lot of traveling this summer, the dilemma for me is to do I order one now or wait until I see it in mid-May and waiting for your next episode where people give impressions. I've listened to your podcast since right before starting college, and it's amazing to see how far we've come in such a short time. Thanks uh, for keeping me company. Regards, Chelsea. Well, Chelsea, good luck with that. And, and I think you can wait until the June timeframe. It, it's looking like right now that uh, supply is greater than they initially thought and, you know, I, I expect by June that you should be able to do walk-up buys at most Apple stores. Hi, Rob. It's just a waste of my time and money, the Apple Watch. I wear my 5S using using Best Buy's Platinum Belt Clip that my phone to vibrate. When a call comes in or I test, uh, I pop off my phone as quick as looking at a watch. I also um, have the Platinum has a kickstand so uh, I can watch videos. I am an earbud guy so I can answer calls without having to take my phone off. Uh, all this at a cost of $20. Go figure. Regards, Doug. Hey Rob, I ordered my Apple Watch via the app on my iPad right at midnight. I just got it today 
the 24th, about 4 p.m. local time. I am just really excited because I leave for Japan tomorrow for two weeks. I'll let you know how well it gets me through the airport and traveling in Tokyo. Thanks, as always, for what you do. Regards, CR from the Tri-Cities in Washington. Thanks, CR, and safe travels. Hello, Rob. Regarding TII item 344, thanks so much for all the Apple Watch buying input you received on launch day and sharing it with all of us. It was really interesting to hear everyone's experiences. Well, I guess we should now just call it Apple Buy Day, B-U-Y Day. It's a new day on the calendar every time they launch something. If there's a seismometer for the internet, I wonder how far the needle moved at midnight Pacific time on the latency for the web just for everyone that was ordering the watch. It's interesting to hear all the different feedback and inputs. I had two thoughts to share with you and all the listeners. First, on the shipping dates that people saw, I think that at least everyone got a shipping date. If you look at the sunny side of this, just consider how bad it would have been to get a back order message like, please check back in September, we are now sold out. And that happens so much with other companies and new products. Um, Apple seems to have fulfilled every order. I didn't hear anyone saying that they couldn't get it. It just was going to be a month after the, or two months sometimes, after the normal shipment date that everyone expected. So what's different about this launch that the supply chain, it's going to have to rely on the marketing folks to forecast all those many, many different choices that people can choose from. You know, different styles and colors, etc. And that's new for Apple. In the past, the choices for a new product were far fewer, and they were easier to predict on past performance. Uh, if you remember the first Apple iPhone, there were only a couple of really variations you could order. The last thing is that I had to share is the try-on experience. I noticed that appointments uh, were full on launch day, but now they're easy to get. So. That was a fairly good experience for me. I went and did my own try-on a couple of days ago. My only issue I noticed during my try-on appointment was that the watches that were being used to put on your wrist were non-functional. So I couldn't test my preferred fitment with features like the heart rate. If I must wear the watch tighter than my pebble just to allow proper skin-to-sensor contact, then I'm probably going to have to pass on the Apple Watch. So I couldn't really check that. Uh, the only working watch wasn't for try-ons. It was just for showing the features of the watch itself. Anyway, I think it's a good new direction for Apple, and it will be years before any naysayers realize the launch wasn't about a timepiece, but that it was a redefinition of the paradigm of our wrist wear. And I think people will find themselves needing that watch more than they need the iPhone and the next thing they'll be asking is to put the iPhone inside the watch so I don't need to carry two devices. That's just my input for today. Thank you so much for all that you do and keeping us up to date. Um, I, I like the fact that you keep telling us when uh, new releases are not safe yet. That is very helpful. Have a good one. This is Paul G. in Lawrenceville signing off. Paul, thanks for all your feedback as always. As I mentioned, I went to NAB a couple of weeks ago and really only had a brief chance to visit booths to see what is new, uh, specifically with iOS items. 
But a couple of things that are iOS related that I did get to see, and I made some recordings with, uh, both are mics. Uh, the first one is the MKE2 digital mic that plugs right into the lightning port of your iOS device. This is a clip-on, also known as a lavalier mic, and it has a high-resolution signal converter from Apogee. Here is a very, very brief recording I made with it live at NAB. Testing. This is actually the MKE2 digital clip mic, the clip mic digital. The other one was just the clip mic. So this one is the MKE2 digital. Forget that on the other recording. And this is from Sennheiser. Sadly, I didn't get time, more time with that mic. I wish I had recorded more with it. I have requested they send me a press sample. No word back yet. But if they get me one, I will do rigorous testing with it, inside, outside, all different types of stuff. But I would love to have that clip-on mic to use for when I work on my unboxing videos that I would like to do. The other mic I played with and thought did a great job is the MV88 mic from Shure. This one is $149, will be out sometime early this summer. It plugs right into the lightning port and there is an app from Shure that allows you to change the dynamics of the mic. There is a point in this recording where I actually mention I need to tap on the side of the mic. Yes, I'm actually tapping at that point. You can't hear me tapping it, which is amazing but I am actually tapping when I mentioned tapping on the side of it and was doing so a few seconds before that. So here, let me play the recording now. All right, we're to the Shore booth and we've got the MV88 microphone. This mic here, uh, it has hardware settings, so you can set on different patterns, stereo, mono, cardioid, wide pattern, and really cool neat. Here, we set it on a 60 degree angle to get it more focused and I'm going off the boom mic straight in. Um, I'm going to tap here. I want to see this. I'm going to tap the side of the micro, the the iPad, iPhone because you tend to do that and see what happens if there's any tap noise. Uh, okay, so this microphone, um, Todd, introduce yourself. Yeah, my name is Todd Marco. Uh, showing off the MV88 here. And when is this going to be available? This will be available in the summer. And how much? 149 for the MV88. All right, so 149, this plugs into the lightning port. Again, we set the settings on a different device. Settings get saved in the mic, hardware settings. Then I can bring it over and onto a different device, and then I'm recording now on Boss Chuck. So, yes, there's a Shure mic. Shure has their app, but if you have your own favorite app, you're able to set it in the Shure app and then bring it over and use the app you're already used to using. And beyond it being boom directional, you can also have it stereo. You can have one person on one side and one person on the other. So there's some really cool features you can do on this mic. I look forward to getting this one someday to test out more fully. Again, that was the MV88 mic. It's $149. Be out sometime this summer, I am told, and you were just told. I definitely need to get me one of those. So those were my two best finds for iOS devices at NAB. Both mics, I think, were great, and I hope to get them in the future to do more testing with for the show. Thanks to Dr. John for this next one, which is a link to a picture of the Apple II watch, which is what it sounds like, a watch that looks like the Apple II. This looks to be something someone actually built as it is over on instructables.com, and it's really funny. So go check out that link, and thanks, Dr. John, for sending that along.
Hey, before we go, I do want to remind you again, go check out lynda.com. No, they're not sponsoring this episode, but go check them out if you want to check out that Swift video. Go to lynda.com slash TII and get your free 10-day trial for their offering. And before we go today, I want to remind you to send in your feedback to the show, 206-666-6364. That's 206-MOONDOG. Or record your feedback and email to the show at todayinios at gmail.com. Feedback can be a question or comment for something someone said on this episode, or it can be a question or rant you have about something else. An app or product review, good or bad, as long as it's iOS-related, it is welcomed. I'm always looking for new artwork to feature on the show that you've created on iOS device. Just put some TII branding on it and send it in. And, of course, we are always looking for and desperately looking for more music that you've created on iOS device to play on the show. This is your show, and your feedback is greatly desired. And don't forget to check out our moderated Google Plus community by going to todayinios.com slash community. And as I mentioned at the beginning of the show, and I'll mention it again, I'm down to just two songs in my queue. So if you have some music you've created on iOS device, please, please, please send it in. And finally, there is the TII app, which is now free. Search for TII in the iTunes App Store is the best way to consume the show and to get push notifications and to get unboxing videos. I'm going to try to do some more unboxing videos as people send me samples and other things to review on the show. I'm going to start doing some of those and putting them right into the TII app. And, of course, it is free, and uh, go get it now. And that, folks, is going to do it for us today, well, except for a few more voicemail messages at the end after the music. Uh, with listeners' experience with the Apple Watch. And uh, that does do it for us today. Until the next time, I'm your host, Rob, from Today in iOS, reminding you to phone different. This show is hosted on Libsyn.com and part of the Wizard Media Network. If you are looking for hosting, go to Libsyn.com, that's L-I-B-S-Y-N.com, for hosting for your podcast and for creation of your own smartphone app. The Today in iOS podcast can also be found on the free Stitcher radio app. Just search for TII.
Hey Rob, it's Kevin Crossman from Fremont, California. I wanted to give you some feedback about the Apple Watch experience in store. I went to the Apple store, made an appointment to see the Apple Watch, and went uh, Monday night in a mall, so there was plenty of slots open. And, uh, you know, here are my impressions of the Apple Watch. Uh, so I haven't worn a watch on my wrist for 30 years. Uh, even when I had a watch, I kept it in my pocket. And... Um, you know, I have to say that the Apple Watch was much smaller than I expected it to be. Even the 42 millimeter seemed smaller than I expected. And the Sport Watch did, or the, the band for the Sport Watch did feel really nice on my wrist. But man, that Milanese loop probably was the best feeling of the, um, the different bands that I tested. That said, uh, it still felt really weird to have something on my wrist like that. And so I don't think I'm going to buy an Apple Watch. But from what I can tell, if, if you're a watch person and you enjoy the features the Apple Watch is giving, it, it might be a good experience for you. And, and i got to say that sport watch, uh, it, the band did feel pretty good. So uh, even if you're going to go low end, it, you, I think you'll still have a good experience. That's it. Bye. Rob. Hi. Scott calling you from Washington, D.C. It is April 23rd, Thursday. I am listening to episode item 0344. I'm in 28 minutes and 13 seconds of the podcast. I was listening to the show and the feedback you were getting from consumers who ordered an iWatch. I had uh, a different kind of experience, and I wasn't going to call the show and give my feedback on my experience. Well, let me start from the beginning. First, I ordered the watch. I'm on the East Coast, Washington, D.C. I woke up at 12 and ordered the watch at 12, not knowing that it was on the standard time. So then I kept waking up over and over all throughout the night, thinking I'm going to oversleep the 3 o'clock window. I, I actually ordered the watch at maybe 3.17 a.m., and I ordered it for my son as a graduation gift because he just got a full STEAM um, scholarship for engineering. I ha I'm just totally, I can't even explain the, the feeling I have that he has a full scholarship to go to college for four years. And in, in engineering, what I want, always wanted him to study. So I, I said, I'm going to order him to watch, and I get my notification that the watch will be delivered in May. Right, graduation is in, I mean, the watch will be delivered in June. It's graduation is June. I wanted to give it to him on graduation. So I, that's the reason I wasn't going to call you in my experience because I kind of overslept, missed the window and everything. And I'm listening to your show and hearing all these people who are online at 258 and all those kind of things. And, again, I didn't order 3.17 a.m. Um, East Coast time. And listening to the show, an email just popped up on my iPhone 6 Plus at the time that I stated the beginning of the podcast that I'm listening. That says, let me read this to you because I, I just can't believe it myself. It says, shipment notification. Your shipment is on the way, and it will be delivered April 24th, standard shipping. Now, I went from... 
delivery sometime in June to it being delivered April 24th for my son's graduation. And I'm going to have to wait before June. I mean, this is the reason that I love Apple. And I can't tell my son about it because he doesn't know I'm grabbing him the watch. But he's getting the watch, getting the engineer scholarship. Hey, it would be even better if he ends up working for Apple. All right. Love the show, Rob. Thanks. Just wanted to tell you that. And I am a pleased customer. Thanks, Apple. Hey, Rob. Jeff from Connecticut. Just want to call in about my experience. Ordered two uh, stainless steel uh, watches uh, with Milanese band on uh, April 10th, Eastern Standard Time. It was 3.01 a.m. Ordered it using the iOS app. Placed the first order for the first watch. Received it um, indicated first week. Placed the order for the second watch, identical. Also indicated first week. Um, however, uh, no charges to the watch until Wednesday of this week, and uh, for one watch only. Second watch, the only thing that was pending a charge on the Apple Care. That was strange. So I was, uh, I called Apple and said, why was I charged for the first watch and only pending Apple Care on the second watch? And they indicated because they were a minute apart, it is possible that there were tens of thousands of watches ordered in between and that they're not able to fill the order for the second watch. I guess that's always possible. Uh, however, today I received a message indicating that they charged me for the second watch. They put the full charge through for the Apple Care for the second watch. And then by the end of the day today, I received a text message indicating that I would receive both watches tomorrow, April 24th, by 3 p.m. So a bad day turned into a good day, and I'm, much, I'm very excited to receive the watches, and I'll call in and let you know uh, how I like them and how they're doing. Uh, Rob, thanks very much. Enjoy the show, and uh, have a great one. Hey, Rob. Jeff again from Connecticut. Just giving you a ring back. It's Apple Watch Day, and I tracked my watches, received them both this morning. At about 10.30 this morning, they were at my place of business and uh, opened up my box and uh, went through it and got it, uh, my Apple Watch uh, stainless with Milanese band, and it's awesome. Wearing it with my Mickey watch face and complications and all that, and I'm loving it already. Uh, bringing the other one home for my partner to open up, and uh, he doesn't realize that the, his watch came in. So we will see actually what his expression is when he opens the cabinet to find an iWatch sitting there. So we'll see. Uh, thanks again, Rob. Appreciate it. and Love the show. Thanks, man. Hey, Rob. Jeff again from Connecticut. Next day later, after getting the iWatch, just figured I'd call in uh, my iWatch, or Apple Watch, rather. It had uh, one problem. I was not able to send or receive phone calls, so I, I ended up figuring it out. Apple couldn't even help me, so I figured I'd uh, call you so that uh, your listeners might be able to benefit when they get their watch. I was not able to send or receive calls. They tried everything. I called into Apple support, and they made me uh, reset the phone back to cleared it out and everything, start again. And no matter what we did, couldn't get us to do it. Would, uh, the call would come in, I'd answer it, and the audio would still be back on the phone. Uh, ended up being that I had to do a reset network settings on the uh, phone. <clears throat> and uh, when the phone came back up, everything worked great. And Apple was working with me for probably a good hour. Uh, I do have to mention that right now, the Apple technicians on the phone do not have Apple Watches to work with. 
they are using simulators and that's about it. So maybe when they get some real watches in their hands, they will be able to, uh, you know, help us out a little bit better. And uh, as uh, everyone gets more experience with the watches, it'll be better. But uh, anyway, so that's uh, my tale of woe, but everything's working great and excited about the watch. Thanks. Hey, Rob, Jeff from Connecticut again, giving your ring back third day with the Apple Watch. Used Apple Pay today at a local grocery store. Worked perfectly. Held it right up to the scanner within a second. The uh, watch chimed and the uh, register show processed and it went right through. Having fun with the watch. Thanks again, Rob. Take care.